Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Good Saturday morning to you, Bill. How are hey, you doing? Hey, Jason. I'm doing good. Hope you are. I'm, I'm doing great, Bill. You're uh, holding your back a little bit, but you, you still made it in here, which is great. <laughs> which is great. Yeah, that comes from digging holes, and I shouldn't be doing that, but, uh, you know, it's it's, it's better to attempt than to just assume that you can't do it. And so, you know, it just helps the the small business chiropractors is all it boils down That's to. right. Well, you, you're doing your part, which is <laughs> what I would expect of you, Bill. We, we've got a ton to talk about today. We've got our webinars coming up on Wednesday the 13th. We'll be talking about that plenty. Uh, go to WGALaw.com to find out more. But we'll be uh, talking about that throughout the show, Bill. But uh, I, I know you wanted to start out with something else that you had your mind on. Well, yeah. I mean, the truth is, uh, it, it, there are lots of things to think about, but I want to rip into the big banks, and it just infuriates me to. And, and all of us have seen the news where these big, not small businesses, but big businesses, multi million dollar businesses, have been receiving these multi-million dollar loans through the what? Small Business Administration. Why? Because of the banks. It's not the law. It's the banks. It's the big banks who, you know, you ask yourself, you know that Congress, uh, you know, they, they have uh, appropriated a lot of money, a hell of a lot of money uh, for to try to help small businesses keep people employed and help small businesses. And, and we all know of the catastrophe that's going on around us in terms particularly low-wage folks, restaurant workers. Uh, you know, there are all sorts of folks out there who are struggling. And what are the banks doing? The big banks. Now, I'm not talking about the small local community banks. I'm talking about the biggies, and we all know who they are. What are they doing? They're catering to their big customers is all they're doing. And it's infuriating because these are the same culprits that ended up destroying our economy back in 2007 and 8. you know, with their greed. And here we go again you know, uh, they get the opportunity, and what what are they doing? They, they're they l- lending the government money to their best, biggest customers and ignoring all of the small businesses out there who have applied, but they're in line behind all these big businesses. And what happened? Their money ran out. Yep. Congress had to appropriate more money because it wasn't getting to where it was intended to go. And it, and you can lay the blame fully on the big banks for catering to their big business. That, to me, it's infuriating. And it's, you know, these are the same banks that were bailed out by who? The taxpayers, us. And here they go again, screwing us, you know, knifing us in the back. Uh, and and not getting the money where it needs to go. I mean, it, it's that's the kind of thing that just 
infuriates me, and I hope it infuriates you as well, is the kind of thing that, you know, in fact, Congress even uh, stopped, you know, the SBA basically uh, cut off the big banks for at least temporarily because of these shenanigans. And, and it just, the fact that the money didn't go to where it was really desperately needed you know that's that's the key. It's it's not about supporting big businesses that didn't need it to begin with. I mean, they're okay. Their shareholders lose a few pennies, N- no big deal. But it's the small businesses that are they're marginal. They may not even make it. They they may end up going out of business because this pandemic is going on so long. So this is the kind of thing where we need to stand up for the small businesses and basically let people know what we think about what's going on. <laughs> it's been nice to see some of these watchdog organizations and uh, some media outlets reporting some of the, the large mm-hmm. corporations that got uh, some of these. The Los Angeles Lakers were one of them, which was, was pretty ridiculous. But uh, it's, it's very sad to hear, Bill, because you know the, the folks who needed these immediately were just sort of pushed to the wayside. Yeah, and, it, and it's just not right. And, and it's the kind of thing where uh, this is an emergency. And, and if you want to uh, put a spin on it, we really are in a wartime mode, fighting something that we can't even see. Uh, that, that makes it the scariest thing that most of us have ever had to endure during our lifetime, except for the folks in the military who've actually <laughs> had scary things that they actually could see. Right. Um, but for the, for the majority of Americans, this is, this is far worse because it's an invisible enemy. But, but it really is a wartime mode. And, you know, the, the truth, if, if, if it were spun in that like and we had corporate citizens wasting the money on something that where it shouldn't be spent you know that's treasonous i mean that's that's where they they should haul these folks before a court throw them all in jail for what they're doing because truthfully we are in a war right now and and it it's not over (laughs) it's not going to be over for a long time it's one of the saddest pieces about this uh, invisible enemy uh, is what's going on in our nursing homes. You, you, you've seen the statistics. Half half of the deaths that have occurred uh, because, uh, now this is around the country, of course, uh, as opposed to just here in North Carolina, but half of the deaths uh, due to coronavirus have, have occurred in our nursing homes. Uh, and it's really a sad kind of thing. But but, you know, the nursing homes really have been closed off to visitors for a long period of time, which basically means to me it's not the family members who are going in and visiting their loved ones. It's, it's had to have been brought in either by service providers or employees and um, without sufficient caution, unfortunately. And, but, I mean – this would be very, very difficult um, for any company to have to deal with, not just the sanitization that, that is required, but, you know, checking each employee as they come through the door and all the other 
things that might have happened, but it, it is a really sad state of affairs because the folks in nursing homes are not there because they want to be. Nobody wants to be in a nursing home. That's, that's the first uh, true thing that you anybody with, in their right mind knows. And nobody goes walk, you know, knocking on the door saying, can I live here? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> in fact, for those who can afford it, that's the last place that you would ever want to go. But, uh, and, and hopefully the, 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 this pandemic uh, uh, will ease up and, uh, you know, once there's a vaccine, then, uh, you know, it'll, it'll, even after a vaccine, which will probably come towards the end of this year, uh, we will probably have another year to go after that, uh, after the vaccine and people, you know, I figure it'll take six months before most people even have a vaccine available to them. Um, you know, just because it's ready in December doesn't mean you can get one. <laughs> and so it's going to be real interesting to see how that is doled out uh, when it finally becomes available. But even once it becomes available, we still have a longer period of time to deal with it. So, you know, there, uh, you know, we all need to think of this as wartime footing. Uh, this just happens to be an invisible enemy. And we have to take care of each other. And, you know, when you think about the fact that uh, the, the older folks, the seniors, are the most vulnerable, and certainly that's uh, true by the statistics in the nursing homes, but it's the younger people who are infecting. It's the employees. It's the others. Uh, and so this is basically putting young people on notice, you know, because – uh, and middle-aged folks on notice because anybody can spread the virus. And so we've just got to be careful as a nation uh, and take care of each other. And this is not going to be a quick solution. I, I don't, I mean, I'm no health expert, but it's, this, this is too obvious to <laughs> ignore. So we, you know, all of us would like to get back to work. We'd all like to get back to doing everything that we enjoy doing and particularly being able to go to a restaurant and, and go to the beach and go up to the mountains and get into the parks and do the things. And hopefully we'll be able to do that within a few weeks. But we still have to be really careful about distancing and having masks available and and washing our hands and being, you know, being careful of others and being respectful of others. It's it's just going to be a long process. Yep. It's going to take some time, unfortunately, but we will get back to the a point of normalcy at, at some point. But uh, we all have to do our parts to look out for ourselves and our neighbors as well. And Bill, I think you were exactly right earlier talking about how no one wants to be in a nursing home, but that's something that uh, uh, can happen very fast if we're not careful and we need to be prepared. And that's probably a great reason why folks should check out your 1030 webinar on Wednesday, May 13th. You can register for free online to attend. We're going to talk about those way more in depth, but for now you can go to wgalaw.com, click on the seminars button. It's free to register, and Bill is doing webinars this Wednesday, uh, and we're doing our part to social distance. So Bill will be doing these virtually. You can attend. We'll talk about that more in just a bit. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. 
are listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Bill, we've got some seminars coming up. Well, we do. And, and uh, I want folks to know that our the webinar that I'm doing is, complete. of course, it's free. But, I mean, it, I've always done free seminars. But but more importantly, it, this is a live webinar. So it's the, it's the kind of thing that if you have an email address and a computer or a smartphone, you can join us. And, and um it's live. Folks can ask questions, um, and that's really important for folks to know. But you'll be perfectly safe. You can even join us in your pajamas. <laughs> it won't matter. In fact, last month when we did our webinar, which was very successful, uh, there was not a single person who turned on their video so I could see them. They could see me, but I could not see them. Um, and, and I do hope that some of my participants will uh, turn on their video so I can see them as well. It's nice to see the reactions uh, when you're talking. Uh, it's helpful, really, when, when you do that. But um, uh, it's uh, now, at 1030, I'm going to be talking about Medicaid and special assistance and VA benefits, those things that relate to long-term care. And so if, if you have a loved one that you're worried about needing the possibility of going to a nursing home or uh, the possibility of going to assisted living or just needing home care, uh, there are benefits out there for some folks, not everybody. Now, when it relates to nursing care, almost everybody can qualify. There are a lot of myths or just lies if you want to th- – in terms of what people think um, is true relating to Medicaid and who can be eligible for it and the like. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important to uh, attend this webinar to so that you understand the facts versus the fiction of it. Uh, and, of course, the other area uh, that's so important to an awful lot of folks that can qualify for, for financial help are veterans, um, you know. And for, there's one group of veterans that are war period veterans and their families, widows and the like. Uh, and there's another group, uh, uh, certainly, where the veteran uh, has uh, died in service uh, or died from an in-service-related issue uh, that uh, developed. And so there are a lot of issues with VA, but as you know, uh, uh, veterans are um, close to my heart, and of course uh, the attorneys in my office are all VA-accredited advisors, uh, which is really important. That means we know what we're talking about when it comes to VA. Um, but I, I, let's talk about Medicaid because the, the biggest myth or the biggest outright lie out there when it comes to nursing care Medicaid. And, other, and see, a lot of folks don't even realize that Medicaid is more than one program. It's a bunch of different programs, and each program has different rules. And that complicates things because people start talking about Medicaid eligibility, and they're talking about, one program and somebody's thinking about a different program and so they get really confused about which rules apply to which program but so i'm talking about 
nursing care Medicaid. It also includes the PACE program, which is not available to everybody, but PACE is called the Program for All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly, and that's an in-home program. But that program uses the same rules that the nursing homes use for Medicaid eligibility. So what's the biggest myth out there? The biggest myth and outright lie is that you have to be dirt poor to qualify. You have to have no assets or very few assets, very little income, then you can qualify. Well, that's just baloney, absolute hogwash. So folks, uh, now, there are an awful lot of folks who do need professional help to qualify. That's one of the things that keeps us busy But to think that you can't qualify is just absolutely wrong. So the first thing I would tell you is, no, you don't have to be dirt poor. In fact, most middle-class families can qualify for Medicaid. I mean, nobody can afford to pay $7,500 a month for nursing care. And there are a lot of nursing homes out there that charge more than that. And so you have to have the cash, the liquidity to pay for that every month if you're in a nursing home, unless you're on Medicaid. So Medicaid is an extraordinarily important program for all families that can't afford that kind of money. Uh, And the good news is that, that most families can, in fact, qualify. It's not a matter of being poor It's actually a matter of structuring your property in the right way in order to qualify. And and there's another issue here, and that is, well, my mom is already on Medicaid. And so whether she's a widow or married or whatever, but she's on Medicaid and she owns a home. If that's the case, the family needs to see an elder law attorney immediately. Why? Because, and I'm going to get to another myth in just a second, because there's something called Medicaid estate recovery. And one of the biggest mistakes I see in my practice is the fact that some oftentimes the families don't go see an attorney until uh, an attorney who knows what they're doing, an elder law attorney, they don't go see us. They don't come to see us until mama dies. And then they receive what's called a Medicaid estate recovery letter that says, we want the house. (laughs) Mama owned this house and she died. And now we get our money back on Medicaid. That's what Medicaid estate recovery is for. It's federal law. The state's... uh, uh, enforce that uh, when when they can. Well, here's the good news. If the family sees a, an elder law attorney early on while mama's still living, there are ways to protect the house. Now, you know, we also talk, you hear me talking about having the right kind of documents in place. And if, and if mom has Already, if she has an advanced general durable power of attorney, and this is the document I talk about all the time in the fact that, and you have to understand, most people don't have any documents at all, and shame on you if you don't. 
But the fact is most seniors don't even have the right power of attorney to allow their family members to protect their assets when they're sick. And so having the right documents help, but not having the documents still works if mom is still lucid and can still sign documents knowing what she's doing. So, you know, there's obviously a few lessons in there, but the most important one is if you have a loved one already in nursing care, already on Medicaid, that basically means if you haven't had professional help already, that all the assets are already gone, except maybe the house. And because the house is an exempt asset, so almost everyone can get on Medicaid, even if they own a house and even a big house that's paid for. But the bad news is, is if you die owning that house without having it protected, then the family's going to lose it or they're going to lose a big chunk of it when you pay Medicaid back everything that Medicaid has paid for mom's care during her lifetime. So there are a lot of issues in there. There's a lot of issues, and that's why it's important that you're well-educated and you know what you're getting into. That's why you should attend Bill's webinar. Join us. Go online to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button. All you need is a computer, a smartphone, or, and an email address, and you're good to go. Uh, you can have a computer or a smartphone. You don't necessarily need both. Either one of those plus an email address. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button. Again, it's free to register. You can also call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong, and we're here talking about Medicaid myths and uh, a good way to avoid some of the uh, uh, pitfalls and misinformation related to Medicaid is to attend Bill's webinar. Go to WGALaw.com to find out more. Click on the Seminars button, and it's very easy and free to register. Bill, let's get to some more Medicaid myths. Well, the first, you know, I want to go back to uh, do you have to be poor to qualify? And I, I will admit the rules are complicated, and that's one reason why elder law lawyers exist, because we understand these rules and how they can uh, help your family. But just some simple things that are really important for folks to understand. You know, I talked briefly about the fact that you can own a home and still be on Medicaid. Well, the fact is you can own a home that's well worth more than a half million dollars that's completely paid for and be on Medicaid. Now, does that sound like a poor person to you? Now, the next rule, now you also have to, now I, I need an asterisk here. Okay. I'm talking about the Medicaid rules in North Carolina. See, a lot of folks don't realize that even though it's based on federal law, Medicaid is applied differently in each state. The states have a lot of leeway as to how to apply 
the rules. And so I, I can only talk about North Carolina. That's, that's where I, I'm concentrated in terms of my own expertise as it relates to uh, these rules. So um, now, the, uh, here's the thing. You, yes, you can have a great big house that's fully paid for and be on Medicaid. Now, what I just mentioned earlier, last segment, was the fact that just because you're eligible does not mean that your house is protected. You know, this show is about asset protection, and I'm a big believer in protecting those assets. Um, so you have to take additional steps to protect the house from Medicaid estate recovery. They're a big, bad creditor that comes in front of most other creditors anyway. So you have to be very, very careful when it comes to that. Now, can you have other assets other than a big house? Absolutely. Do you think you might be able to own a Rolls Royce and be on Medicaid? I would doubt it. Well, most people would, but the fact is, yes, you can. There's only one problem as it relates to a Rolls. Do you know what that is? What's that? You can only have one. Oh, just, okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm safe then. That's good to know. <laughs> well, but I mean, it just goes to show that, again, the rules uh, are made so that middle-class families— now, now, I don't know any middle-class families that owns a Rolls Royce, <laughs> but I was just trying to make a point— you can own one vehicle of any value that's fully paid for and still be on Medicaid. Now, it can't be a motorcycle. It has to be something that the nursing home patient can actually utilize. So if, uh, now, if there's a spouse, that makes it easier. But if the person in the nursing home is single, then certainly there, has, there are a couple of asterisks here. One is that the vehicle that you buy or that you already own, uh, must be something that is accessible to the patient so that it can be utilized. Okay. And then, of course, the other little rule when it re relates to the house is that for it to be an exempt asset, you have to have the intent to return home. That's what makes it exempt if you're single. Now, if you're married, the intention doesn't matter, but if you're single, the intention to return home is critical for the house to be exempt. Now, the good news is it is a subjective test, which means that you simply need to want to go home, not that you have the physical or mental ability to go home. It's just that you want to go home. And you know what? I have never met anyone in a nursing home that did not want to go home. So that's the good news. But somebody actually has to sign the form that says mama wants to go home or dad wants to go home. There has to be an intention to go home for it to be exempt. Now, there's an, another rule, too, that says that if you're married, the spouse, um, the, that is the community spouse, the healthy spouse, the one not in the nursing home, can have countable assets. And countable assets means things like cash or investments or retirement accounts uh, or cash value and life insurance policies and, and things like that, up to and exceeding $127,000. Now, again, does that sound like a poor person? No, not at all. Well, here's the last one, just to make my point. 
the biggest rule that allows people to own, to be on Medicaid and not necessarily be uh, poor, and I know lots of folks that have resources that you know nest eggs that are larger than one hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars. But there's another rule out there that you just have to understand how it works. You can have, and this is true for a spouse or a patient in the nursing home, you can own an unlimited amount of property as long as that property is exempt or non-countable. Now, don't ask me the difference between exempt and non-countable because it really doesn't matter as it relates to you guys. It really just comes down to if you own property that's non-countable, you can have as much of it as you want, and it's not an issue. So there you go. Now, when you talk about owning a big house and a really nice vehicle and have money in the bank, and also the possibility of, of having an unlimited amount of resources in a non-countable category, does that sound like a poor, dirt-poor person with no income and no assets? No. no. It's a middle-class program. You know, middle-class families can qualify. The problem is it's complicated, and families need help. And that's one of the reasons we stay really busy when it comes to helping people with long-term care. It's it's really important for folks to understand the difference. Yep. You need that understanding and you need an expert to guide you through all the, uh, the information and misinformation that's out there. And that's why Bill is here and that's why he's offering his free seminars. It's the second Wednesday of every month that happens to be this Wednesday coming up, May 13th. Go online now. Register for free. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button, WGALaw.com. You can also call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. It's information that you just can't find anywhere else and it's free to attend. WGALaw.com. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We're talking all about Medicaid myths, and that's key because coming up this Wednesday, Bill's got his free seminars. You can learn plenty about Medicaid and long-term care assistance. Go online to WGALaw.com. It's free to register to attend Bill's webinar. All you need is a computer or a smartphone and an email address, wgalaw.com, and click on the seminars button. Bill, we, we've got one big myth that we need to attend to. Well, there are a lot of myths that we need to attend to, Jason, but but I, I want to uh, talk about one of the things about Medicaid, if you will, that confuses so, so many families. When you talk about long-term care assistance, for you know, as I mentioned early, there are a number of different programs, and the biggest thing that confuses families, in my mind, is the fact of what's the difference between a nursing home facility 
and an assisted living facility or dementia care. Where does all that fall out? Well, the first thing that folks have to understand and know is there is a difference. There's a different license for a nursing home. Most rehab centers are nursing homes. In other words, you go to the hospital to a skilled uh, care nursing facility for rehab. And most of those rehab facilities also have long-term care beds. That's a nursing home, okay? But a lower level of care with a different license is assisted living. And, uh, you know, one of the things that makes it difficult is a lot of these facilities, they're not called nursing homes or they're not called assisted living homes. Uh, So you have to know what they are when you're talking uh, to these folks because it makes a huge difference in terms of what program you can use. Uh, And then you have uh, another level of care that applies to an awful lot of folks, which has to do with dementia care, where physically you may be okay, but mentally you're, you're vacant. And uh, most, almost all, but not all, this is another area of confusion, but almost all dementia care units are actually in assisted living and not in nursing care. There are a few nursing homes that have dementia care units, but not that many. And that's the point that I'm trying to make is that dementia care is normally at the assisted living level. Now, what folks need to understand is that the Medicaid program that I was just talking about that's for middle-class families doesn't apply to assisted living. Assisted living is a totally different program. It's called special assistance. Now, if you want to call it special assistance Medicaid, I'm okay. But Special assistance has completely different rules from Medicaid, it's, and it's much harder for most people, and there's a, a fairly large group of folks that can't get special assistance no matter what, and it has to do with the income test. So, again, if folks want to understand how all of this fits together, uh, you know, what special assistance means, how it works versus Medicaid in a nursing setting— I don't have enough time here. So, again, the webinar is the perfect place to come. And, of course, it's coming up next Wednesday, you know, May the 13th uh, at 1030 in the morning. Heck, you don't have anything better to do? Come join me. (laughs) And uh, we will talk about uh, these programs that are uh, really important as well. Now, with that said, there is another segment to the webinar that's really important, and that has to do with our veterans. Now, people hear about what most people hear is the aid and attendance program. Well, I hate to tell you, but there's not one. There's not an aid and attendance program, but there is a VA pension program, or what's called the improved pension Now, improved pension actually does come with either housebound or aid and attendance as an add-on to the program. And the pension program, it's not a pension. You know, the VA uses words that are really screwy, and I hate it for people because it is intentionally confusing. 
you know, one of the bad things about the VA is that their knee jerk is deny every application. I hate to say it, but but that's the way the VA works. So you really have to know what you're doing when you apply for VA benefits. But uh, and that's coming from a veteran. You know, I I hate it. But any anybody who's been through their system know how arcane it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how difficult it is. And they're not helpful when it comes to helping you actually get approved for uh, any VA benefit. But the VA pension program, and again, not a pension, it's actually sort of like a a long-term care uh, insurance in that it's a reimbursement program for long-term care expenses. Um, it's certainly not as good as long-term care insurance by any means. Now, what's the biggest limitation? The biggest limitation is the pension program only applies to war period veterans and their families. And by families, I mean widow or widower um, of a war period veteran. Um, doesn't mean that the veteran is deceased. It, it can be for the veteran himself or herself, or it can be for their spouse or their widow or widower. Uh, now, one of the nice things about VA is it, it can be for any level of care. It has to be for long-term care, but it can be for home care. And that's what most families are looking for. We need a little bit of extra help at home. Well, the VA pension program is perfect for that, but it can also help folks who are in an independent living environment, but they need some assistance. It can be for assisted living, it can be for dementia care, or it can be for nursing care in appropriate circumstances. Now, most people who need nursing care, the VA's money is not enough to to make that much difference because, again, nursing care is so expensive. But Uh, And there's even a personal needs allowance for veterans who are on Medicaid, so they end up with a little more monthly money to to spend on their supplemental needs, even when they're on Medicaid, if they're eligible for the pension program. So, and that's a program that we go over. Now, I'll give a warning to to families as it relates to this long-term care benefit. If you're a family with a veteran or a widow at home and you're trying to get this program, don't just go apply for this VA program without an elder law help. And the reason is real simple. The VA has booby traps for you. They they have complicated tests. And, and I have never seen a, a, a veteran family apply for pension successfully when they're they're basically trying to get home care. They've got and I'll go over that in the webinar so people can understand it. Um, but it's really the the pension program is really important. And then there's another program that a lot of folks don't know about. And uh, the, the folks, um, uh, it, it's called DIC. Now, this is, a, this is again, a, a VA program. But what is DIC? First of all, it's dependency and indemnity compensation. Now, that's a mouthful, and that sounds, I mean, that's so typical of the VA. 
so who gets DIC? Well, DIC is available for, for a, a different group of veterans. These are veterans, uh, and this is for veterans' families, not the veterans. These are for the dependents of the veterans uh, who are disabled or they die in service. In other words, the disability is a uh, in-service connected disability where you're disabled 100%. In other words, completely disabled, uh, at least as defined by the VA. Uh, Or you die in service. Uh, Under those circumstances, your family is entitled to DIC dependency and indemnity compensation. And by family, I mean that includes your spouse and children. And a lot of folks don't realize that. So there's a fairly significant... Now, how much money is the the DIC? I get asked that a good bit. It really depends on rank when you die or you're disabled or when you're discharged after disability in the service. And it runs anywhere a little bit over $1,200 a month. Now, this is just for the spouse, up to over $2,000 a month, again, for the spouse. Uh, And then for each child, it's something over, uh, for the first child, it's over $500. And then for the next child, it's around $400 or a little less. Um, And so it, it adds on from there. So it's an important entitlement. It has to be applied for. The VA doesn't reach out to you and say, oh, we see you are entitled to this. We're going to make sure you get it. Doesn't happen that way. That's just the way the VA is, unfortunately. Uh, and then there's another group. I mean, for instance, and this just came about recently. I've talked about it before, but think about all of the veterans who died of, of diseases uh, in the last number of years related to Agent Orange. In other words, they served in country in Vietnam. They were exposed to Agent Orange, and they died long before the government admitted their culpability as it related to doing harm to our veterans. Well, those widows and widowers of those veterans who served in Vietnam can get DIC, this Dependency and Indemnity Compensation, if Uh, they can show that the death was related. In other words, on the death certificate, if it shows or if you have some medical report that shows there's a relationship to Agent Orange, uh, which has a laundry list of uh, presumed maladies. So there's a, a big group out there that's entitled to DIC that doesn't know that they're entitled to it. And DIC comes with aid and attendance as well. So a lot of folks get a DIC, but they don't realize there's some add-ons to that as well. And that's where you can go back and get more. There's help out there that's available. It's just very difficult to navigate the waters to get to that help. And that's why you need to attend Bill's free webinar. Go online to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button, and register for this Wednesday's seminar. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic.
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Remember to go online and register for free for Bill's free webinars. You can go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button. It's free to register. All you need is a computer or a smartphone and an email address, and you're good to go for this Wednesday. You want to register for free. We talked a lot about special assistance, Medicaid, and VA benefits, but Bill also has an asset protection seminar. You can learn about trust planning and asset protection, estate planning. You can find out plenty of information. Again, go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button. We're out of time for this week. We hope you'll join us again next Saturday at 11 for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful weekend.